You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And this is Scott Galloway. Kara, where are you today? I'm in New York. You were supposed to be here. There was a screw-up on the schedule. I'm sorry. And who, okay, but who's screw-up, Kara? Usually you. Usually Usually. every week you. Okay. (laughs) Every week you. But in this case, but I'm here in the studio. I was on time. I took a red eye in from Las Vegas where I was at the Anthony Scaramucci Salt Conference. How was that? that, Yeah. It was good. I, yeah. I saw John Kelly from afar. He was in the green room with me, in a giant green room. Um, you know, I interviewed Mark Cuban and, and Steve Case, and I interviewed Scott Scooter Braun, which was really interesting. Yeah. He's the manager for a lot of big musical acts like um, uh, uh, Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande and wow. a bunch of others. And it was interesting. It was it was it was interesting for me because I got to talk to those people. And what was but the it mood? Was kind of, a, you know, rich people get richer. That's really pretty much the mood I could tell. Like you know, they you know, it's just was it, Jeff Sessions was there. Chris Christie was there, saying that uh, opinions are not lies. That was the thing. Mm. Opinions that Trump has aren't lies. And I was like, well, are lies opinions? No, lies are lies. You. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's strange just, though. That, they're uh, all incredibly compromised uh, in a way that's really disgusting. Under the under the banner of it couldn't happen to a nicer group of guys, the hedge fund industry has actually been pretty much wrecked the last three or four years because you have all of the returns have been aggregated to six or seven stocks, which we talk about ad nauseum. And nobody's going to pay these guys two and 20 or 2% management fees and Mm -hmm. 20% of the upside to buy Netflix. So as a result, their selection set of investments has been this cluster of companies that have underperformed. So as a result, all of these hedge funds have underperformed the last three to five years. The best way to describe the hedge fund industry is expensive but bad. And you've seen this massive shift of capital out of active investing to passive. And a lot of the biggest names in the business are literally a shadow of themselves just managing their own money now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, there, you know, it's interesting. There was a, there's a lot of discussion of where investment should go, you know, where and where it's going to go. And I think everyone was sort of spooked by the tariff wars and they don't know where it's going with the White House. They also are in love with the economy. So it was it was an interesting time to be among all those very wealthy. Well, people. welcome back. So, Off the red thank eye. You. So I'm here in New York. More importantly, I have yes. something we have to talk about. What? I saw Endgame at your suggestion. Okay. I took my eight and my 11-year-old boys, and just to give you a sense of what I thought of the movie, 45 minutes in, I asked them if they were okay. They said yes, and I walked Mm -hmm. out planning to hit the bar. I go to IPIC where there's a bar. I was so bored. And halfway to the bar, (laughs) halfway to the bar, I realized, wait, going to the bar, going to the bar in the middle of a movie where your kids are in the theater is like one step behind putting them on the roof of the car and then driving away in a Walmart. That's literally like child services. How old are they? Eight and 11. Yeah, that is a little young. Yeah, so anyways, I came back. I didn't hit the bar, just to be clear. (laughs) I came back, but I I wanted to ask you. 10 is probably the cutoff. I literally, I just don't get this. I'll I'll tell you. Why? What don't you get? They're they're miraculous people who are giving up their lives for our planet. Okay, because you know what, Kara? I'm very sensitive now. After my book on love, you know what I do sometimes, Kara? I sometimes just go up to a window and I whisper. 
I whisper at the window. <laughs> I say things like, I wish we could spend more time together. And I don't even know who I'm speaking to, but I whisper at windows now. Anyways, I want you okay. to tell me what is the genius of this whole Avengers genre. And then I'm going to tell you what I think the it's genius of Game of Thrones is because they are different types of genii or whatever. Right. Well, I don't get it. It's like the difference it. between Star Wars and Star Trek. It's not, you know, there's just a different, there's a more hopefulness in Star Trek. There's less of, like, Star Wars is such a friggin' bummer all the time. They're always losing. Like, same thing right. with Game of Thrones is a bummer. And like, you they think never, Avengers like, is there's happy? never a good day. Like, this last episode, I'm not going to go into it, but once again, they win and then yeah. they lose. So, like, yeah. it's just, ugh. I just but like you, these So guys you winning. say, okay, so Avengers more hopeful. What else? Hopeful. Is it the storytelling? Is it the special effects? Is it the character it's the characters. development? It's the repartee yeah. among them. It's the it repartee. is funny. I'll give you that. It has like humor. That. It has much better humor than Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's humor. Thor, the whole Thor angle was really great. I love him. What angle other than hot? What's the what's hot the Thor? Hot and fat, but he was fat this time. Yeah, that was so. funny. And then, of course, anytime Captain Marvel shows up with a lesbian haircut, I'm all in for it. So. <laughs> That's what it's called? That's what I should ask <laughs> yes. for? That's yeah, Next that time I'm a haircut. fellow barber and I pay 60 bucks for someone with tattoos <laughs> to like, shave my head for seven minutes, I go, I'm going lesbo. Give me the lesbo. You can't have a lesbian haircut. You don't have hair. It's not easy to have a Where, shaved head, Kara. It's not easy. Yeah, whatever. Okay. But it's, is there hair there underneath that shaved head? Kara, it takes real effort to be mediocre looking. It's I'm not, just saying, do you have actual hair? Are you one of those people who cuts all his hair off, or is it just your bald? Okay, so back to my favorite topic, me. A little bit of insight <laughs> into Scott. So my best feature, granted it's a low bar, <laughs> my best my feature question. used to be my hair. In, in grad school, Kara, I had a ponytail. All right, used to be. And then used I was— Used to be's don't count anymore. I was studying goes. for my finance final. I thought, I don't remember underlining all this text, and I realized, oh, my God, it's my hair. And I was losing yeah. my hair, so I just shaved it all off because I found out I could raise money at 20 to 30% higher valuations with a shaved head. Oh, God. But I all do right, have Let's hair. get into actual things besides okay. your sartorial. Oh, wait, so wait, my turn. You know why Game of Thrones okay. works? Okay, why? The genius of Game of Thrones is that typically mm -hmm. storytelling is one— Well, first off, I noticed last week most storytelling is about a white guy who's redeemed— and yeah. Jamie Lannister goes, goes back to Jamie Lannister goes back to Cersei. It's like, oh my God, Jamie, why are you leaving? I thought he, I, I literally was had. He hopes thought he was going to sleep with Brienne of Tarth or whatever. Well, I don't want to spoil that, but that is like very awkward and hot at the same time, which kind of describes every time her. I've had. He's got to be killing her, right? Oh no, <laughs> there's got to no, be some do horrible. Don't even death. say that. Don't even say that. But anyways, I'm just saying that's. I don't where they know have, this for a fact, but that would be my guess. Where they have changed the game literally <laughs> is that <laughs> typically storytelling in modern cinema is a white male protagonist becomes our hero and always escapes death. And they build mm -hmm. up these characters and you fall in love with the Prince of mm -hmm. Dorne who is not only hot and oh, kicking stop ass. The Prince of Dorne. You're so obsessed. Oh my God. That guy's a movie ahead. star. Okay. Think let's about move it. Along. An We're unbelievable. Along from Game an, of well, hold on. <laughs> Nobody cares. An unbelievable. Nobody cares. Don't you, shame you, me. You've this had is enough important. time to make your point. Just give me What's 10 seconds. Point? My my point I've is given you 50. they build up these incredible male protagonists and you buy into them and you think, oh my God, we're going to have eight or nine seasons of this guy's spin off mm -hmm. cereal boxes. And then you know what they do? They kill him. And we've never. They kill him and bring in another white guy protagonist like Jon Snow. But we've okay. never seen Moving that. Moving along. Moving along. Let's just never go to our, lots of things. I think the big story today is Chris Hughes, yeah. one of the founders of Facebook, who had, who's left the company, let's be clear, a long time ago, yeah. doing a big rollout. Like he was yeah. on NPR, he, yeah. he was on Today's Show, he did a video for the Times, he had a Times. Um, 
uh, editorial op-ed uh, about how Facebook should be broken up, and it was pretty devastating. I, he really yeah. went there. He went for it, let's just say. He summarized, and, you know, summarized it all. It, 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 well, he essentially said what a lot of stuff I've been going on about. I think he stole everything from me. No. Just you? Um, just, just you, Kara? No, from everybody. You too, you too. But this oh, idea of breakup of the company. Yeah, this idea right. of of breakup of the company, yeah. and I think one of the one of the you know there were so many lines in it that were just like yeah. devastating. Yeah. Um, there was one that said, uh, "Mark's power is unprecedented and un-American. It's time to break up Facebook." Whoa, <laughs> un-American! Like I've not, we, you and I have not gone to un-American, yeah. but uh, but he really was laying out sort of why it's dangerous and why someone like Mark, who's very nice, which he notes in the piece, yeah. um, should not be having this much power. He's unfireable, you know the same the kind of stuff we've been discussing. So, what did you think of this? What do you think of this? Well, he didn't say anything new, but it, yeah, I, but it I, is a founder. It yeah, is a founder. but this is that I I find that the interesting point. Look, anyone who promotes the obvious here, like power corrupts. This company's mm-hmm. out of control. We've lost the script. It's killing small business. There hasn't been a single social network of any prominence founded since 2011. 2011. So the fastest, yep. fastest growing parts of our economy, whether it's search, whether it's mobile devices, whether it's e-commerce, are all dominated by one or two firms. That's just, mm-hmm. you just know that's not good for the economy. The engine of growth has always been small business. They're used, 15% of businesses used to be less than a year old. Now it's 8%. The number of new businesses being formed every year has been cut in half since the Carter administration. Non-competes, non-solicits, all they do mm-hmm. is just entrench the incumbents and, again, another transfer of wealth right. from young people to baby boomers. Anyways, agree with all of it. I think the thing that's sort of interesting here and what I wanted to ask you is guys like Roger McNamee and now Chris Hughes, mm-hmm. who made billions off these companies and are kind of the early winners, sort of mm-hmm. coming out as being against yeah. these firms. And they get a lot yeah. of virtue points and respect. And my yeah, question is— hypocrisy. 100%. My question is— you know, that's what everybody hates about limousine liberals is we believe in sort of what well, uh, they think we believe in sort of, all right, I'm all for low taxes and market-free economics until I get rich and then I find my woke. And my mm-hmm. question is, why do we really care what these guys think? Why is it important what they think? Because he was early and really lucky or is he just angry he sold his shares in 2012? Well, he came in 12. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, th- that was a lot of people online were saying that, like, how dare he do this? And I, th- I think Roger has had that dog him for a while, although I have to say he keeps going. Like, he doesn't. Yeah. And he's thoughtful. And he's doubled, he's doubled and tripled. And, quad- and, he's, and he's evolved his thought. That's what's yeah. interesting about Roger. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously, this rollout was some very calculated in a very yeah. interesting way. So I'm not clear what the— I think he's running I, for I mean, office. I know Chris pretty well. I No, he's not. He's, his husband His was, husband but, ran and lost. He tried to—think yeah. about it. This guy tried bought—what did he buy? He bought the Atlantic and it was a huge failure. Yeah. What do you know? No, a 29-year-old wasn't New respected Republic. by the newsroom? New Republic. Oh, New Republic, New excuse Republic. me. Yeah. And he basically got but, run out of town, right? Well, yeah, yeah, essentially. He just did, he decided he didn't want to spend as much money as he thought. Maybe it wasn't as rich. I don't know. It just it, the media is hard. Yeah. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, Amen, uh, so, sister. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was just it was interesting. Nonetheless, it's getting Georgia attention, especially among the media. It's like, whoa, one of the founders. You know, if if people like Kevin Systrom come out and say something, or the WhatsApp founders who have said yeah. little things, or they're you know, Kevin has not, but, but here's certainly a, it's very here's clear thing, he was Kara. unhappy. As someone, someone who's – I've sold a bunch of companies to big companies. This is – Yeah, you always have to talk, hush and move along. Yeah. People always talk about the front end and that is the, the, mm-hmm. how bad it is that if you can't kill it, you buy it. And the fact that in every industry, there's been a greater concentration of market share to the top two or three players. But what they don't focus mm-hmm. enough on is the back end. And while I've signed confidentiality agreements and I can't – literally can't speak to anything specific, let me speak in general, generalities. 
Imagine you're an entrepreneur that has a budding company that's going well and isn't yet a threat to an incumbent, but maybe nipping at their heels. And they acquire you for a lot of money. And the VCs mm-hmm. and the founders do really yeah. well. Yeah. But in exchange for doing really well, you have to sign a non-compete. That once you leave, yeah. you cannot compete with this company for several years. You not First, only cannot yeah. compete, yeah, yeah. you cannot solicit any of the yeah. previous employees. So yeah. what does that do I'm to wages? You. What does that do to right. wages if all of a sudden there's fewer people who can hire people at that company? So what you have is a few people make a lot of money. They're willing to pay more for the company. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. The bad news is it really cauterizes new business formation and also hamstrings wage growth. So everything we're doing, everything we're allowing yeah. is really one thing, and that is how do we make the 50-year-old baby boomer wealthier? Mm-hmm. Or, and and it, it's really sort of a conspiracy between, I think, the people who already have land and young yeah, entrepreneurs that break your, through. This is your thing. This is your jam is the money being transferred to old people. Well, everyone's saying. adopted my break them up jam. That's no longer yeah, that interesting. <laughs> okay, so you're having a new one. I got a well, new I one. I think the idea that he has so much unchecked power, and I think that, you know, we've talked about that and Chris uh, talked about that. Um, and he goes— Mark is still the same person I watched hug his parents as they left our dorm's common room at the beginning of his sophomore year, of our sophomore year. He's the same person who procrastinated studying for tests, fell in love with his future wife while in line in the bathroom at a party, or slept on a mattress on a floor in a small apartment years after he could have afforded much more. In other words, he's human. That was his attempt at so how close he was and also how human. But it's also his very humanity that makes his unchecked power so problematic. Yeah. Well, look, power corrupts. No individual. A key, key component of our society is checks and balances because we recognize. He also d- yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm just saying he also throws him under the bus for obsessed with gross and domination. Mark used the word domination to describe our early ambitions with no hint of irony or humility. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It Little was. Uh, shivs everywhere. There wasn't piece. there wasn't anything new, but it was a summary of everything. I don't think it really. Look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of shivs. It all comes down to one thing. The DOJ yeah. and the FTC have to do what the Marines, the Park Services, and the Coast Guard every day they do every day. They have to do their damn job. Mm-hmm. Enough of the old investors and the billionaires coming forward and discovering their principles after okay. they cash out. Right. The, you know, Lena Khan, Congress, we ha- Elizabeth Warren, somebody has to write legislation and propose action, and it probably needs to be the DOJ under William Barr. Yeah, that'll happen. But we need government intervention here. We have literally lost the script. They've got to, it's a pretty easy one. Make them spin WhatsApp. Make them, make them spin Instagram. The greatest regulatory failures of the last 10 years. I mean, there used to be the number of, of FTC actions has literally gone down I mean, just, in, just dramatically over yeah. the last 30 years. There's really no, you know, big is beautiful in the eyes of the government. Big is beautiful, but not maybe not so much. We'll see where it goes. But it's very, it's going to cause a lot of, like, this is going to be like, whoa, for days. And Facebook cannot catch a friggin' break, can they? Jeez Louise. Well, you, they've, been catching, they've been catching the mother of all breaks every day. This is yeah. a company that should be broken yeah. up. Speaking of which, I want to talk a little bit about the Uber uh, Uber lifts. Yes, yeah. exactly. So... I think a key component to building a big unicorn, which will ultimately have to create monopoly power, oftentimes destroy jobs, oftentimes engage in predatory uh, behavior or monopolistic uh, job-destroying behavior, not competitive behavior, is I think they all, a key component for all of these companies, a key asset, if I were on the board, is who is our heat shield? And that is who is so likable and so inspiring that they hold the wolves at the door longer than they should. So Bomber Gate's not likable. I think that's why the DOJ mm-hmm. moved in on them in 99 instead of like 2003 or four after they probably would have built their own search engine. 
And the ultimate, I think the ultimate heat shield of the last 50 years was uh, Colin Powell, who mm -hmm. took a year of yes, distinguished yeah. service, honor, integrity, and basically got in front of the UN and lied and waved a vial around and convinced a bunch of Western democracies to make the greatest geopolitical catastrophic decision in history that killed 8,000 yep. Americans, permanently injured 30,000, a half a million Iraqis, and basically a false All right, war. come on. Okay, so next heat shield, number two, right. Sheryl Sandberg. Inspiring. All right, we're talking about Uber Lyft. What, well, hold on, where, hold on. Okay, okay, so I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Right. She's underpaid a billion dollars for right. basically staving off the wolves while the platform's weaponized, right? Because everybody okay. lean in. Okay. The new heat shield, Dara. Mm -hmm. Dara Khosrowshahi, with the CEO of Uber. Because he is very, very likable. Um, he is, he is articulate. He's nice. I think he has a lot of integrity. I also think he looks like one of the, the clip art images. He's ethnically, amb okay. he's ethnically ambiguous and <laughs> handsome. It. It's like he's handsome, but I don't know where he's from. <laughs> Let's, you, were, you had me until you started on his looks. Listen to me. The work stop, you think that he that they're getting away with stuff with the drivers. That you're you've been talking about this before. And that these work stoppages, do you think they're going to matter, this idea that they the drivers should get more? Well, first or are uh, these businesses just... In not going to be good until they get them down, those wages down. In 1980, there were 400 work stoppages in America. Last year, mm -hmm. there were 30. The year before that, there were seven. Work stoppages have basically become the kind of a privilege only the rich, like at Google, who mm -hmm. can walk out and say, oh, we're angry about this, and now we're going to go back right. to making $300,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Because in 1981, Reagan said, okay, air traffic controllers, you want to stop your work? Fine, I'm firing your ass. And there's basically, mm -hmm. basically unions have been wrecked. It used to be... 20% of American workers 30 years ago were union. Now it's 10%. By the way, in Ireland, 90%. In Germany, it's really high. And all German company boards have to have union representatives or workers basically occupy like half the seat. So in sum, capital's mm -hmm. been kicking the shit out of labor for the last 30 years in the U.S. Yeah. And so what when, happens? What do we do? What goes on? What's the, what occurs? Well, when was the last time? This is what is so unusual about the, the work stoppages at Uber and Lyft. When was the last? I don't think I've ever heard of workers mm -hmm. going on strike the week of the IPO. This is like mm -hmm. spouses not talking to each other or their parents the, the day before their wedding. And maybe that yeah. happens, but it's a bad sign. Yeah. So this is supposed to be happy, happy. I mean, you would think. Right, but they're not getting, they're getting, they're, 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 there's problems of giving them shares. There is. I was with, when Mark, I asked Mark Cuban about this. Uh, yep. Scooter Brown happens to be an investor. But, and he said, you know, they should give the drivers stock, figure out a way, even though it's really complex. I have talked to Dara about this and the Lyft people about it. Um, but, um, uh and and what what the issue is is some of them work sometimes some of them work part time it's it's super hard because they're not employees right and Mark Mark was like everybody who works for him gets stock he was like there's got to be a way to do it and he was he thought it was really that if you didn't equalize pay equity um, around things and every every person in your company doesn't get stock then you're gonna ha you're setting yourself for for bigger fail later and I think Mark is correct about that. Yeah, and it would be impossible to screen all our content. We've been co-opted into believing that for some yes, reason it's difficult. It. It's difficult right. to give some money after we're about to uh, uh, we're about to register ninety billion dollars in value. But we can't figure out a way to give mm -hmm. more than a dime per ride to our drivers. What do we mm -hmm. do? Poor fucking us. <laughs> yeah, they can figure it out. I figured out a way. That's what, that's what Mark said. They, Mark and they keep saying, that they, they always go yeah. back to, oh, but these workers have flexibility. I have workers that have flexibility and I figured out mm -hmm. a fucking way to pay them a decent wage. <laughs> I mean, this is such bullshit. Oh, we can't figure it out. I love, I love Union I can, Scott. I can Union show Scott. you. 
Look I, for the union label. I'm, you know, I'm part and of a union. you are buying a coach. A- anyways. Surplus. Remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. It was that. a great commercial. But the notion they just can't figure it out, but they can figure out a way to have you, you in the backseat of a car and have it get you from here to Montauk without a driver. Oh, but they can't figure out a way to pay their, give their driver stock. <laughs> give me All a right. break. All right. Okay. <laughs> Speaking, we're going to do one last thing, and then we're going to get to a break, and then wins and fails. Pete uh, Buttigieg. Edge. Wow. He's become the new toast of Silicon Valley. I just got another invite for him in Oakland. Um, he's been all over Silicon Valley, hoovering up the dough. And why? What why? What is it they like about him? Well, our there? lovely reporter Teddy Schliever on Recode has been writing a lot about where the tech money is going. Reed Hoffman just did a thing for Cory Booker, but they like Pete Buttigieg. I guess they, you know, they didn't much like Hillary Clinton. They did like Obama. Uh, and now Pete Buttigieg seems to be someone they're interested in. Although there were a lot of Bernie bros in Silicon Valley and stuff like that. So it's interesting that he's going out there and taking that money when tech is under such siege. That's what's kind of interesting about it to me. And what do you think Pete's, what do you think Mayor Pete's chances are? I don't know. I don't know. I, I know you love him. But I, I think, you know, him. he's got to keep the momentum going, obviously. He might have peaked too early or I don't know. It's a little early to to be the, the leading person. And then uh, Beto just hired someone, who, a very significant person from the Obama campaign who did delegate count. So I think it's going to be a long haul here of who's going who's gonna to make it. But he's definitely hoovering up the dough out there. And the question is, is it good dough to hoover up? What do you think of Pete or others, Cory Booker, others going and, and getting tech money? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Because, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren returned the opiate money. Like, it, is there money you can't take now? I don't think tech money is that tainted. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. see. I think Pete needs the money, and mm-hmm. the, you know, hate the hate the game, not the player. If you want to be elected, yeah. you can until Donald Trump, the 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 person that raised the money always won president. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a direct correlation between um, there's a direct correlation between money and your ability to win. So you just can't blame them. I think it's nice. Uh, Bernie Sanders kind of changed the game because he got so much money in small money donation and created this upward spiral that people felt powerful to say, I have a candidate that's not taking big money, he's taking small money. And the internet has enabled small kind of micropayments mm-hmm, and donations. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I think a lot of them have gone woke because they can and they can refuse PAC money. It's just, yeah. it's pure math though. I don't think Elizabeth Warren or Senator Warren was going to get a ton of PAC money, but you know, look, so. Jeb Bush is basically, Jeb Bush basically and, and, and Hillary Clinton basically blew up the notion that money gets you an election. They were the first right. ones to raise the most money that didn't win. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I don't, I don't resent him. I don't have a problem with him taking tech money. Is, what, do you think there's an issue? No, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think there's an issue at all. Yeah. I don't right. think there's an issue at all. It's going to be, and you know who's, uh, but what's incredible is uh, Biden has actually extended his lead. And by the way, mm-hmm. that was a prediction I thought he was going to crash in the polls, and I got that wrong. Mm, I did not. He's stronger. Yeah, he's doing he's really well. And you know who he's hurting People? is Bernie. My mom likes Joe Biden. That's how I. That's how I judge these things. She'll vote for us. He will vote for vote Joe Biden over Trump a hundred percent. If you're looking for those votes, if you're looking for those edge votes, that's you know important. what I mean. Like, she's a typical Republican voter, but if you want to move the ones who voted for Obama back to that camp it's she's he's the one i'm sorry got it disappointing but true got it so all right so a win so go ahead finish up because then we're gonna take an ad break what what oh we don't want to talk about a win a win no we're not yet after the ad break all right when we get back we're going to talk about a win because scott so much wants to jump the gun here i'm ready support for this podcast comes from constant contact If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. 
If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, Scott, we're back now with wins and fails. Go ahead and do your win. So my win is is uh, your woman, Senator Kamala Harris. Did you see her Come questioning on. of Attorney my General woman? Barr? My I, I was going to say your. Like. You know what? Honestly, I was going to say your girl, <laughs> Just, or no, rather than your boy. You and then I thought, okay, I can't say your girl. No, That's a hate can't. crime. I trigger you. No, it's not, okay, no, so you you're. Uh, me. It's just rude. You're. It's you're what it is. Anyways, okay, Senator, you're Senator. If I said you're the opposite you, of woke, if you said completely asleep. If I said your boy Pete, is that disparaging? I, I don't like any of it, but go okay, ahead. Anyways. He's an adult. Although he's somewhat of a man boy, but go a ahead. Winner. Boy, man. A Whatever winner. A uh, winner. Uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris questioning uh, William Barr. I thought she was outstanding. And you yeah, can, she's a prosecutor. Just, as, just for fun, stop uh-huh. the YouTube video of him at any moment while she is questioning him. And he looks like a 17-year-old that's just been caught masturbating by his parents. Yeah. He looks so incredibly embarrassed and without explanation. Well, he looks just entirely like I don't know what I don't know what to do, how to answer. I just know I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. I, 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 he looks ridiculous. I thought she was. I, I would be. She is literally the last person you would want to see in a right. courtroom when you're on the stand. So, what does it make any difference though? Like, look, he just he they all the contempt charges, everything else doesn't matter. They're just deni- they're just stonewalling like crazy and seem to be doing rather well by doing it. But that's that's another loser and that is okay. our institutions and our referees and it starts at the top. We're now violating uh, court orders, we're now violating ignoring subpoenas. Right. We're now basically saying fine, put me in contempt of Congress. And it's it's trickling down to a lot of dangerous places. In the NBA, yeah. people are yelling at refs, calling them, one ref called a female, oh, excuse me, one player called a female ref a fucking bitch, another threw his mouth guard at a referee. And mm-hmm. what's most dangerous about it is not this, this irresponsible, reckless behavior, but the fact that it's being exhibited by the stars and it's becoming associated with the best players. So if you're oh, a real man, if you're really excellent at what this you do. This is what Tristan told me. Well, this is Tristan. not it, but also it, it Tristan permeates. Tristan talked about it, permeates. Even if you're not, you don't read Facebook, it permeates your culture. Well, Elon permeates. Musk, it's happening everywhere. A sign of your mojo and your leadership and how badass you are is to stick up the middle finger to our institutions. And it's just mm-hmm. not healthy. It's we're literally tearing this stuff apart at the seams. So the, a big loser right now is our institutions mm-hmm. and our referees. All right. Well, yeah, but they what can they do? If someone says no, it's like having an incredibly bratty child who you really don't have control of. Well, it's our fault. So in the case of us, it's it's the electorate that doesn't elect people that have a backbone. It's like start demanding, start voting for people who say, I'm going to break these guys up. Start, mm-hmm. Stop going to— Golden State Warriors games, stop mm-hmm. buying season tickets or, or get rid of that corporate box when you say until the NBA actually s- starts imposing real fines with this sort of 
disrespectful behavior, I'm not interested in supporting the team. Money talks and votes talk. We do live in a mm-hmm. democracy. Because the scary true. thing is, we've decided we like this shit. Well, we do you d- think it's because, I mean, I do agree with Tristan. I'm going to say his name like that again. Tristan. Really you. Tristan. Tristan said, I think it's true. It, it does It does, It does. does seep down into the culture at large. And so he said, even yeah. though you can say you're not an online person, that what's going on online seeps everywhere. You know, whether it be, you know, the anti-vax thing, that if you live in a neighborhood, there, there's actual physical dangers there, but also the, the, the conceptual idea that you can say and do anything, like yeah. all bets are off. Yeah, it's not it's uh, the purge, Scott. It's the an purge. Issue. Do you have any winners and losers this week? I do. The New York Times reporting on Trump's finances, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was like, fantastic. Like, look, it was great. It was great. It was again, they like their tax thing. They're doing amazing reporting on this. Not that it matters. Again, does it matter? Do it, does anyone care? And then they spin it into isn't he a success? And of course, he was trying to say that he like took he essentially admitted to tax fraud and how successful he was at doing tax fraud. Yeah, but now so, we know he wasn't afraid to release, or he's not afraid or reticent to release his taxes, I don't think, because he's, it necessarily indicates a crime, which it might. But more than anything, the bottom line is he's a really bad businessman. Yeah. He inherited, a, base, he inherited I think, approximately a half a billion dollars and managed yeah. to turn From it into Fred. To, to Fred sounds like a good businessman. Yeah, Fred, Fred sounds, sounds like, like a smart, disciplined businessman, and his son— yeah. It's just a kind of, you know, the second generation always loses it. Sloppy. Sloppy. All right. The other fail. What is your fail this week? I had my fail. The refs and institutions. Refs and Okay. Predictions. We got to get out of here. Predictions. Predictions. Okay. You were wrong about Biden. So let's just. Wrong about Biden. But let's revisit our lift prediction. How's that going? How's that Uh, working uh, out? Not good. Not good. So Uber's this week. We nailed the prediction on Lyft. So Uber, let's talk a little bit about Uber. Uber's coming out. Okay. That's your prediction? They right, keep prediction for them. They keep coming. They keep lowering the price range. It's now down mm-hmm. to ninety building. I think I'm not sure, and it's much more fun to talk about dramatic predictions. But I've decided my prediction around Uber in terms of the stock is going to be met. I think this thing is being perfectly manicured and measured to a small pop, and that's about it. It, it and I think mm-hmm. it'll hold steady. And then the first quarter is going to be. The thing that's going to determine Uber's success or its ability to maintain this incredible valuation that they've been able to mm-hmm. c- convince the market is their ability to, like Amazon, use, use their money-losing flywheel, e-commerce, in this case ride-hailing, to spin out uh, other profitable businesses. And they've shown an mm-hmm. ability to do that, unlike Lyft with Uber Eats. Now, can they Although do any— you know, Lyft had a big, a good quarter in terms of growth. It was a very impressive growth quarter. Well, Kara, give me, give me, uh, tell me to go build a two billion dollar business. I can lose a billion dollars <laughs> on. I'll show you growth. <laughs> I mean, that's just not that hard. Is that a billion for them? No, no, it's not quite a. Oh, it's close to a billion. You're right. G- you're give, right. give me a credit card with a billion dollar credit limit. I'll, I'll create the illusion of okay, prosperity. I'm going to get on that next week. I'm going to get you. Give me one of those. <laughs> it's okay, not a Discover yeah. card. Don't give me a Discover card. It's got to be an Amex Maybe, card. I'll ask my friend Bill Maher, which you were not on. No, oh, my God. Moby looks like you. Moby looks like you. Let me yeah, just that's, say. that's not Everyone a nice thing Everyone thought it was you say. on there rubbing yeah. the Trump against his penis. Everyone thought that was you. By the way, what happened to that guy? One of the best albums ever play. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally one of the best albums ever. And just he, like Michael he Jackson, he can't do anything now. He can't. What, what's the last he, th- thing he's he done? He had issues around personal problems. He oh, had he a lot of pr- drinking and drugs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, now yeah. I feel bad. I'll get Anyways, you the, Moby's I'll get you the a genius. By the way, I don't, and I don't know how you're going to respond to this. You know what I mm-hmm. thought when I saw you, Kara? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You look nice. <laughs> you, 
you looked at, what are you doing? What did you do? Whatever you did there, you should do that every day. I'm like, well, Kara is attractive. Is that a hate crime? Do you feel triggered right now? What did you not see me in person? I'm very attractive in person. I oh mean, God. I'm like, Kara looks nice. I oh, was, it's me. And then I switched Hollywood. it off and went back to me, and I'm like, I can't believe they didn't invite me on that program. <laughs> I'm going to try. But my first it. thought was that you look nice, and I thought Thank you were good. You. I thought I thought the show was that was actually passable. It was hysterical. What's he like? Wait, give me thing. some behind. The, the, is there like? Does he take you to his home in the Hollywood Hills and like crush no, up Cialis or something? There's and is a party. It, tell me about the party. Tell me about the yeah. party. It was a good. It was just a party in one of the rooms there. It was very nice. And then I went out to dinner with Kathy Griffin and a bunch of friends of mine. Oh, talk fun. about a downshift. Talk about then, a downgrade. And then in the day, no, she was great. And then the morning, I had breakfast in Ashton Kutcher, who I know pretty well, was sitting next to me. It was a very Hollywood weekend. It was a very Hollywood you had time. breakfast with Ashton Kutcher. No, he was sitting next to me with his kids. That's all. He just happened to sit down. It was weird. I happened to know him because he was so. He's an investor in Uber. He's you know yeah. I've known him for a long time because he's invested in a lot of tech companies. So it was wow. very funny. To have him and his lovely wife, Mila Kunis, sit down with his beautiful children. Anyway. Yeah. What a shocker. They have beautiful kids. Yeah. Yeah. But it was nice. It was at a deli there. It's just, I like Hollywood because of that. You run into people. So speaking of beautiful children, my idea, and tell me what you think of this. Okay. Because I think. then we got to get out. I think. I think AOC and Beto should marry, have oh my millions. God. Hold on, hold See, on. I knew this. No, hold no. on. Have millions of kids. Predictions. God I then is take be those. Sued. I then take those kids. I weaponize them with AI. We take over Australia. I become general oh, consort God. of Australia, and I'll make you the first lesbian mayor of Perth. <laughs> Boom! That's how we roll. Perth is like California in the 50s. It's dreamy. No, it really isn't. Melbourne is beautiful. There was a lovely story in the New York Times of 36 hours. I love Melbourne. It's Melbourne's beautiful. very nice. The San Francisco yeah. of the Southern Hemisphere. Whatever. It's pretty. My, my nephew lives there. Scott. Kara. Thank you so much. All right. Prediction for, for the price for Uber. When, since you, that was your prediction. What is the prediction for the price of Uber? So there's been too hot. There's been too cold. Uh, this will be the Goldilocks IPO. It'll do what it's supposed to do. It'll get a, a decent but not a crazy pop. Nothing like Beyond Meat. Okay. And it'll actually hold. Right. I think this is. I think the bankers are going to do okay. their job here. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll talk about that next week. We'll know these things. Then we'll see the fallout from the Chris Hughes and we'll see what next billionaire uh, turns on Mark Zuckerberg in the ongoing Game of Thrones in that in that, in that company. Oh, did you see, by the way, did you correct? see the pictures of those two, Chris Hughes and um, yes. Mark Zuckerberg? Before? Yeah. I'm convinced working at Facebook is like being president. I think it ages you unnaturally. <laughs> those guys look like my grandfather. And just five years ago, they both look like my paper boy. They're in a time Whatever. warp. They are if aging we, at five I'm times. weeping. Big heavy tears for them. Oh I don't gosh. feel sorry they for anybody. They look like in that shit. Game. Seriously, guys, no, go sorry, to a spa. Scott. Well, you and your amazing head of hair is so beautiful. Anyway, Nishat Kurwa is the show's executive producer. Scott, I'll see you next week. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you like this week's episode, leave us a review. 